ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, Follow, like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. Scouts overlied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. First time that's happened since 2002. Newton will keep it. Newton. Oh, he lost the ball. Buffalo takes over. Cam Newton coughs it up. It's left. Wilson evades the rush, throws for the end zone, touchdown Seahawks, it's David Moore. Russell Wilson made that happen. Been a great third down defense the last two weeks. The Steelers and they've got an interception and a run back all the way home. It's Spillane with the touchdown on the pick six. Wow, what a start for Pittsburgh. And those were some of the sounds from week eight in the NFL. Thank you so much for listening to the East West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Jerry Kendall, how are you guys doing? Hey, man, I'm going great. This season is who's starting to kind of get away from us a little bit, man. We're getting down to the the, the middle of the week. We're starting, to, we're starting to know who's who's who, who's for real, who's not. So, hey, man, let's get to it. Week nine. Man, aside from the uh, dud of a trade 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 deadline, I mean, other than that, I mean, Texas is kind of cool and then hot, cool and then hot. Hey, man, as long as it's football, that's all I care about. Yes, and on tonight's episode, we will be talking to NFL insider Jim Trotter, and we will also be giving you our week nine picks, and we're going to throw some challenge flags out there to some NFL players and NFL teams. That will be later on the show. But let's go ahead and start out with the week eight recap. Guys, what did you guys make of week eight in the NFL? Well, to me, I mean, it seems like I've said this like three times on the podcast already, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are for real. They are for real. And, I mean, that defense, I mean, from the the renegade, I mean, the the Ravens ran the ball all all on the Steelers. They ran for like 265 or 267 yards. They ran for a lot of yards on them. But that defense is good, man. I mean, that defense, the Steelers are good. They're legit. Man, let me just break it down by divisions that have been standing out and the the duds. The AFC with the AFC West, they I mean it looks promising. And you know what? 
I think the AFC West is going to be the future NFC West. Like, wow, all those, all four teams is just, I mean, there's talent across the board. Um, when you look at it, NFC West, they, they, they are still leaders right now. When you look at, when you balance the, when you balance it out, man, are we going to see a Kansas city Chiefs versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl? Well, I, I would hold the brakes on that one real quick because kind of just piggybacking off of what Kendall said, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers are good. Uh, I mean, they're really good. I mean, I had my doubts about this team and the beginning of the season, but week in, week out, they're proving to me they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach. Uh, I would, to me, I would call him the, the coach of the year just because of the struggles that this team had last year with the quarterback position. Um, and then just coming in this year, man, they're just red hot. Defense is playing outstanding. Um, I know that uh, it was a close game between the Ravens and the Steelers on Sunday, but it, it never really felt like that to me. I always felt like the Steelers had a grip on that game. Yes, and um, I love I love the, the wide receivers for the Steelers. You got Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. You got Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, uh, one of Fidel's favorite players. He's really coming on. You got James. I mean, they got some – they got some weapons there, and I don't feel Big Ben has really hit his stride yet. I mean, I, th- I think the offense is coming along slow, but if they get that offense playing along with that defense, oh man! I, I look I, here. I, we 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 have a lot of disagreements, right? But on this one, I'm gonna have to agree with both of you. I am I am completely shocked with the Steelers overall. Uh, I mean, I wasn't shocked. I mean, we knew what the defense was. Once they got Minka last year, I mean, they turned, they really turned on the gas pedal. It was just unfortunate they didn't have a, a Big Ben healthy. But like, like what Kendall just said right now, they had, they do a phenomenal job with the wide receiver corpse, even just drafting and reloading. But man, they've been able to stay healthy, and if they continue this path, I think they're actually getting Steve Stephen uh, Winiski or Winowski, right? Uh, which is one of their high price uh, free agents, they're getting him back. So, I mean, can you imagine? That's just buying Big Ben a little bit extra more time. So, I will say this. Steelers are a team to contend with. And like Fidel said, I mean, they literally they literally got into the minds of the Ravens and just took And them. they made a trade at the deadline acquiring um, the linebacker Avery Williamson from the Jets. Former, he's formerly the Titans in the Jets. So, that's a great under-radar move. I don't know if he had played this Sunday – on um, when they play the, the Dallas Cowboys. But, I mean, it's we'll talk about it later on. That, that's funny that you mentioned that because I think he posted a picture on Instagram when he's waiting outside for, like, a taxi in his <laughs> Jets uniform. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy I, to go. He said I mean, it, who right? wouldn't want to get? Yeah, who wouldn't want to get away from the Jets at this point, right? I think also if you look at his social media, I think he even put, like, from going from zero, uh, from zero wins to uh, undefeated, right? I mean, it sums it up. He couldn't fall to a, a better. Uh, he's super talented. He couldn't fall to a, a better picture. But man, I mean, the Steelers are fun to watch, man. Yes, they really are. And speaking of older quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger, you know, who's still pretty damn good. Tom Brady, man, that guy. It week in, week out, that guy's just proven to everyone like, hey, even at forty three years old, he can still be a top tier quarterback in this league. I just want Kendall to say Tampa Bay one time for for us. Come on, give it, give give the crowd the Tampa Bay one time. Tom Brady is Tom Brady's doing what he's supposed to do in Tampa with all that, that talent. 
I mean, you could put anybody in that, uh, in, and I feel in that system, that offense with all those weapons, and I think it'd be all right. So I'm not going for Look, Kendall, you're in denial, okay, bro? Look, man, when you stop and you look at it, if, if the Patriots have Tom Brady, we're talking about a different record for the Patriots, and you are all over this about how great the Patriots are. Tom, hey, Tom Brady works great in any system, but let's talk about the New England Patriots real quick. Oh. Uh, obviously, team that's struggling. Uh, look, they, they miss Tom. They miss Tom Brady. You can't tell me they don't. Top five pick, maybe? Top six? The, the Top Patriots, 10, more than likely. They're a, complete, they're, they're a complete mess right now. They're a complete mess. Cam Newton doesn't know if he's going or coming. I mean, I, they're, they're just a complete mess right now. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's tough to talk about as a fan, but since we're doing the show, I got to speak on it a little bit. This, this team is a disaster. And I think well, we're going to talk about that Monday night game in a little bit as well. I will say this. It's, it's very unique. When you look on Yahoo.com, right? Not to check your emails, just their news feed. As yeah. you're looking, right? You're looking press, and out of nowhere, you see, is it time for the Patriots to trade coach Bill Belichick? Mm. When you well, see look, that in the news, yeah, that says the Patriots have a lot of problems. Well, well, Kendall, no, seriously, you know, you as a Patriots fan, um, what's the issue there? What's the problem in New England? What's the what's the number one problem that the Patriots have besides not having Tom Brady? I just think, I mean, the league dealt us a, a, a bad hand this year. I think, you know, the COVID, the opt-outs, you had Cam came in a month and a half before the season started. Uh, I mean, when you lose five or six starters on defense in the offseason, then you lose your all-time franchise quarterback, the GOAT, Tom Brady. I mean, I mean, a lot, it's a lot. I mean, then you got Bill I mean, you said he he did an interview earlier this week, and he said the cap situation is a big. I mean, he not he's as an excuse, but he says a big reason why that team why the team is not as good this year. They're relying on a lot of young younger players and players that you know. If you, I've, I've been a Patriots fan for a long for a long time. Belichick does not play. He does not play rookies the first year unless unless you have an extraordinary camp. He does not play the first year. It take it normally takes a year or so for them to get into the field, and then with the whole COVID, they didn't have a full offseason. So I know all 32 teams, they, they dealt with the same thing, but the Patriots, I mean, it's just, it was different. The circumstances were a lot different. Let me just add real quick. I'm a big Bill Belichick fan. I love what he's done over the years, but I will say this. It's kind of getting a little bit outdated. You as a team, you should never be, you should never be afraid to draft a, a potential superstar regardless of what you feel he's projected to earn, right? Because you're trying to keep your calorie, your cal- your salary cap numbers down. And I feel that as a recent, especially the last three years in the draft, Bill Belichick has, has been playing it safe and not getting the flashiest players from college, right? So he can try to sign them under the, under the, uh, under what, what, what they say, what's the, the old saying, the set the market price. So I think that he needs to get a little bit, you know, he needs to just turn the notch up and, and, and go ahead and draft some superstars because there's a lack of superstars on that Patriots team. Well, maybe it's just time for Bill to get a fresh start. I know a couple of teams that would love to have him as a head coach. Um, no, but in all seriously, like how much time do you guys even think that Bill's still going to want to coach? I mean, he's not going to want to coach a losing team. 
Big shout out to Ray Roth real quick. Ray Roth, I think he said it well, right? I think that he's trying to set up his his sons. I think they're both coaches uh, on the actual team. He's trying to set them up for the future so they can go ahead and take over the league, so to say. And and then when you look at just just let's just look at the wide receiver position for the Patriots. They got they dressed in the kill Harry. Look at the success that DK Metcalf is having. Look what AJ Brown is having. McCole Harmon. I mean Marquise. It's go on and on. Brendan Ayuk for San Francisco. And then this past year, just the Patriots didn't take Justin Jefferson. He's having a pretty good year. Look at look what T. Higgins is doing in Cincinnati. Very quietly, he's lighting it up. Another wide receiver the Patriots could have had. Um, you got a receiver from Washington. Um, what, what, you got a receiver from Washington. He, he's ha- he's having a pretty good. You're like, I mean, it's it's just it's a lot. I mean, so I mean, you look at it like you went into the offseason, you went into to the offseason into the draft, and you didn't take not one wide receiver in. You were in need. You, you don't. We don't know who these guys are. Cam Newton was throwing to, so not to put a whole lot of blame on Cam, but it's it's bad in New England, man. They gonna have a busy offseason, an early yep. offseason too. Yes, they will. Uh, moving on to one of the bigger stories. Uh, act, this actually came out yesterday. The NFL actually fined the Raiders five hundred thousand dollars, and they took away a six round draft pick for a violation of COVID nineteen protocols. Uh, Trent Brown was placed again on the COVID-19 list. Um, man, I just, you know, and I saw, I think, yesterday also that Mike Tomlin was fined as well for violations for COVID-19 protocols. I mean, it's yeah, something we got to take serious. I mean, look, we're seeing it now. I mean, we're seeing week, like weekly. I think we've already progressed. It's been progressing how we're seeing superstars missing because of the, the whole covid Either just just coming into contact with somebody that has it. I mean, you you have to already shut down yourself for two weeks. Look at look at the situation with the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton's coming back from a concussion, and just because he, you know, what I'm saying uh, he was either near somebody or he tested positive for COVID nineteen. I mean, what the hell were the Raiders doing that caused them to lose a draft pick? That's what I want to know. I mean, I understand Trent Brown. And, and and you know what? I'm not going to be too harsh on him because he went through a tough situation. I mean, that was rough. Uh, Fidel, if you want to elaborate on what I'm talking about real quick. Yeah. So uh, he actually was getting an IV uh, before the Browns game on this last Sunday. Uh, Air Bubble actually went in there and he had to be taken to the hospital right immediately. Um, and he stayed overnight for observation. And then later he was released that same or the next day. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, man, Trent Brown, a lot of things going on with them. Uh, had COVID, was around his teammates. Whole offensive line didn't get to practice all week. They played against Tampa Bay. They got their asses whooped. Um, you know, and then now he was on track to play on Sunday, but that's probably not going to happen anymore. Yeah, but but still crazy situation, and it could have been life-threatening too. So, yeah. and uh, Go ahead, Kendall. Yes, and I think a couple Steelers players got fined this week. I want to say with it, Juju and James, James Conner, I think they got fined. Um, I know um, Mike, Mike Tom for their socks, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, $5,000 for their socks being yeah, too low. Yeah, got fined for the socks. And then Mike Tomlin, I mean, what, um, he just got fined. And it seems like there's always something going on with the Raiders. Uh, I mean, it just it seems like it's always something for some reason. I, I don't know. It's, it, it, to me, it just seems like a black cat been running around that franchise for a long time. But Hey, well, I think the black cat found a new home in New England. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that black that black cat is haunting the NFC East, man. Hey, I think he uh, didn't the black cat show up last year when the Giants and the Cowboys were playing at MetLife. 
Yes, that's what I'm saying. He's still haunting the freaking NFC East, man. <laughs> All right, and then look, we're recording this on a Friday night. Uh, Thursday night football, of course, was uh, the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, a lot of a lot of things happened on Wednesday. Um, it was reported that um, there was a positive COVID test, and I believe that was Kendrick Bourne, um, and he was around Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams. So they all, you know, they were on the COVID-19 list. Well, it turns out that that was a false positive. So still, they couldn't play, you know, in last night's game. And, you know, I don't really want to talk too much about it because there's not really much to say because it was a complete domination by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Man, hey, man, can we say this is the pure and surest thing of a Super Bowl hangover for for the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, this this team. I mean, it's funny because a few weeks ago, you know, I came on and I said, "Well, maybe we buried them too, too. We buried them too early." But now they just they've been they're going in different directions. They got injuries. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's out for the year probably, and I know George Kittle probably going to be out for the year. I mean, I mean, at this point, look at your, you, look at your division: Seattle, Arizona, and the Rams. You, you, why would you even want your two star players to even come back for? I mean, why? I mean, one thing we could say next year they get they get a whole all star team back of injured players coming back, and I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be in San Francisco next year. So I mean, and then Green Bay Packers, I think it's time we get Devontae Adams a little more credit because he he's legit, he's the real deal. I think he's very underrated, and he went off last night ten catches for I think a buck seventy a buck seventy three. So I mean, yeah, he, he's legit. Green Bay, they look good. I mean, it was a it was a beaten up San Francisco team on a Thursday night. So I mean. You can read you can read as much into it as you want, but whew, that that was and they had to do it last year. They got beat down twice by Green by San Francisco. Yep. Uh, I mean, look, uh, shout out to Ned Lennon. He's a, a part of the uh, he's a part of the East West family. Uh, you know, a part of the draft team. He's a big 49ers fan. But uh, I mean, he brought up a great point, right? I mean, it's real hard to count him out because you look at the game the week before they played they played the Seahawks, right? And that was a close game. So, are we look? Yes, their team is completely depleted right now at this point. I mean, even at the defensive level, I mean, Nick Bosa, D Ford. I mean, this goes on and on. I'm not even look. Are it's hard? Are they done? I think they're done. Is it time to to start thinking about uh, potentially a new quarterback? I think absolutely yes. Well, it's you know it's funny that you brought that up because I actually spoke to a source close to the team and he told me that the Niners are looking to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason so a couple different options that uh, that are going to be available to the Niners so obviously the draft would be one you know drafting the quarterback depending how high of a pick they have um, the other one is maybe looking for a trade now Kirk Cousins would make a lot of sense but that's a lot of money that they would take on so not exactly too sure what that would look like the other quarterback that I was thinking that I told you guys earlier was Matt Ryan I mean, he would make complete sense, you know, for the Niners. Kyle Shanahan was his OC when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and Ryan, Matt Ryan had that tremendous year with them. Um, so, I mean, the, the thing for sure to expect next year is that the Niners will have a new starting quarterback. Yeah, the one thing real quick, just to add on on that real quick, the 49ers, they just need the quarterback not to mess it up because that running game will get going, and once it gets going – Nobody in the in the NFL can stop it. That's it. Point, point blank.
is an NFL insider, and he is the co-host of Huddle and Flow podcast. Jim Trotter, how you doing, Jim? I'm good. How you guys doing? Great. Appreciate your time. Uh, my pleasure. Hey, Jim, I just want to start off by asking you, what are your thoughts on the NFL season so far? We're about halfway through. A lot of different things have happened with the pandemic, uh, coaches, GMs being fired, uh, rookies playing outstanding football this year. I just want to get your thoughts on that. No, it... Truthfully speaking, this has been a hard season for me to lock in on um, because, you know, for the first time in my career, we're not traveling to games. We're not getting in front of players. And I mean, personally in front of them, we're not getting personally in front of coaches. Everything is being done remotely. And so it, um, the season just has a different feel, a different texture to it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it, it's been a struggle for me in some ways because I like being in front of people. You know, I like being able to um, hear them tell their stories and be able to then tell those stories to the public. And as it is now with Zoom calls, it's very difficult even because, you know, if you're doing it through the team, you may get one or two questions and that's it. So, um, so from a football standpoint, it's great that we're playing. And it's been a really interesting year in terms of players in and out of the lineup, either because of injury or COVID or whatnot. But um, being truthful with you, it's been kind of hard for me to lock in because I like to consider myself a storyteller and, and this makes it much more difficult to tell stories. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as far as like the fan aspect of it, I mean, people are used to going and, you know, be able to watch the games live, like for myself, um, so that's been really hard, right? And it's, uh, it's a little bit odd when you're looking at the game still and there's like really no fans in the stadium. No, I was at the first two weeks I was up in LA for the um, Rams home opener and then the Chargers home opener. And it was just bizarre. I, I mean, there are so many adjectives I can use, but it was just bizarre to be sitting there watching these teams play with no energy from the stands and then after the game, not being able to go in the locker room, but having to actually talk to players, whoever they bring to the, to the um, podium um, via zoom. And finally we just made the decision as an organization that it really wasn't worth it to go sit in an empty stadium and watch two teams play and then interview players by zoom and then write about it. You know, you can do that from home. It's just more efficient, more economical those sorts of things. But um, yeah, I'll never forget Aaron, um, Aaron Donald saying it was like, took him back to like Pop Warner where he could hear his, his parents scream from the stands, you know, scream his name from the stands. It was just, just bizarre. Last Sunday, we saw Tua Tungabailo's first start as a Miami Dolphins quarterback. I am just interested to get your thoughts on his performance last Sunday. Uh, truthfully, there's no way to really grade it or rate it. Um, you know, they took over defensively. They took over with their special teams and they, they didn't require much from him in that game, to be perfectly honest with you. So in some ways, it was actually the perfect introduction for him from the Dolphins standpoint that they were able to control a game in the two other facets of the game, which didn't require putting any undue pressure on his shoulders for that game. So I'm really intrigued to see how Sunday plays out where, you know, um, they'll be playing Arizona. Arizona can put up some points, although Miami's defense has been playing tremendous of late. Um, but I think we're going to learn more about Tua in that game. 
and look, I'm not one of these guys who's going to jump to conclusions based off one or two games anyway. Um, but at least I will get a chance to see him make certain, hopefully make certain kinds of throws in certain types of situations that we did not see last week. All right. Thank you, Jim. What's going on with you, Jim? This is Kim. I hope you're doing all right. Doing well, man. I hope you're well. That's good. Hey, um, Jim, I remember a couple of years back watching you on ESPN that you um you did an off-the-field interview with Julio Jones. He was fishing on the boat or whatnot. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, he, I know you kind of close with him. Just explain, like, how is Julio off the field, man? He seemed like a good, humble guy. Uh, that's what I found him to be. He, um, in many ways, is just a country boy, and he, and he loves to fish. So we went out on the lake, and we fished. And, of course, we didn't catch anything that day, which um, – <laughs> When it was done later, he told me that he went back out after we left and stopped shooting and claims he caught a couple couple of fish, which I'm like, uh, if I don't have uh, pictures, then it didn't happen. So, um, but no, Julio's one of those guys, I, what I enjoy about, this is what I enjoy getting out with these guys. And again, being in front of them because they tend to open up more and you tend to understand who they are as people, that sort of thing. So we spent, what, two, three hours out on that lake just fishing and talking. And you learn things about how he views the world, how he views football, even going back to his reason for going to Alabama at that time, if you recall, was not the powerhouse that it is now. And Nick Saban had just come in. And the thing that he loved about what Saban said to him was, we're not, we're not guaranteeing you anything. You have to work for what you get. And here's like one of the top recruits in the country. And Julio said he responded to that because he never wanted to be handled, handed anything. He wanted to be able to work. So to hear guys get in the stories like that about their backgrounds, how their mind works, all those sorts of things. Those are what I, what I live for in terms of the profession. And um, so anytime I get those opportunities, you know, I'm grateful for them. Could you um? Could you see it? Do you think he's the type that would want to retire in Atlanta as a Falcon, or, you, or could you see him like wanting out just to go to go somewhere else? My thing with Julio is I I think every player, every elite player, would love to retire with the team that they came in with. I know having that conversation with Larry Fitzgerald even a couple of years ago, and he and I were working on a book together, and and I asked him about that. And early in your career, you realize, or at least he realized that it was a business and it was up to him to maximize his earnings while he could. But the longer you play in one city and, and the greater you are, the more in some ways you become the fabric of that city. And so it's not just about dollars and cents anymore. There's so much more to it. Um, and not just legacy, but in terms of when you retire and do you want to settle there and you're standing in the community and how you're viewed and the relationships you've created and all of that. So Without actually uh, speaking for Julio, just speaking in general, I would imagine that he would love to retire in Atlanta and, and you know, obviously go down as one of the all-time greats for that franchise. Appreciate it, Jim. No problem. Hey, Jim, this is Jerry from Texas. How you Jerry, doing? Jerry, how are you, man? Doing real good. Thank you for asking. Good. So, well, you, you, you actually... Now, I actually wanted to ask you about two books that you've been involved with, right? You had the Junior Seau, and then you said Larry Fitzgerald right now. So uh, in the future, is there any books that, that you would like to maybe perhaps work on with the, uh, a future player or player in mind? Oh, 
I would love to to uh, work on books with with players um, down the road. The thing for me is, I'm always fascinated by people who are great at what they do. And you know, speaking of someone like that, you know, when I was at ESPN, we did a piece with Jerry Jones, and um, I know a lot of folks tried to give some pushback because outside of Dallas, they don't like Jerry, and maybe even some people inside Dallas don't. I don't know. But my point wasn't necessarily to, to, to glorify Jerry. The purpose for me was kind of just to understand what makes him tick. Why is he so successful from a business standpoint? Um, what separates him from others? So anytime I have an opportunity to get around people who are great at what they do and successful at what they do, all about it. And if that means or, or creates opportunities for me to do books with them, I would love to. Awesome. Also, so you are a part of the uh, the uh, the Hall of Fame selection committee too, right? Yes, sir. So, so let me ask you a question: who who belongs in the Hall of Fame that's not in the Hall of Fame right now? Oh, uh, that you know what? We would be here all day. <laughs> so, so I, I can't. I don't know that I could give you a bunch of names. I think. I'll just speak to what this year's class. All right. Uh, and one one person in particular, and a player, it's actually in the category, and that's Bill Nunn who, if you know his history, um, back in the 60s, he was a newspaper reporter. He was a, um, a columnist, sports columnist for the Pittsburgh Courier, which is one of the largest influential black newspapers in the country. And while there, he used to put together a Black College All-America team. And at that time, NFL clubs were reluctant to sign Black players. But those who did would use his All-America team as sort of um, information or a guide on whom they should be pursuing and whatnot. Long story short, he later became hired, he joined the Steelers in their scouting department. And he was instrumental in helping to put together those Super Bowl teams from the 1970s. And yet he has never um, gotten his due, in my opinion. Well, now he's on the ballot this year. And wow. I am truly hoping that he get 80% vote to go into the Hall of Fame. Because here's the other thing, guys. In the history of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there has never been a person of color inducted as a contributor, not one. And I get some of the reasons for that. Voters tend to focus so much on GMs and those, those sorts of people. But the point that I make and the point that I argue is that for decades, Blacks weren't allowed to be GMs. And so you can't hold them to the same standards that you would a Bill Polian or Ron Wolf or Bobby Beathard. You ask how well did they do the job that they were hired to do? And so for someone like Bill Nunn, in my opinion, he did his job as well as anyone, regardless of color, and therefore he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Makes a ton of sense. And and, and uh, so I did catch your last, uh, your most recent episode on Huddle and Flow with uh, Thomas Dimitrov. And I think that you kind of put him on the spot there. So I thought I kind of see how you would, how you would respond, but great, great response. And hopefully we do get to see that. But just going back and just to end it off, uh, let me ask you that same question you asked Thomas Dimitrov. I mean, you have Sam Darnold. The sure. Jets are predicted number one. I mean, no, you got easy. Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, it's easy for me. 
if in the evaluation process I determine Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent at that position and knowing that that is the most important position on the field and knowing that I'm going to go through a complete rebuild in the offseason and knowing that I would like to acquire more draft capital to be able to, to accelerate um, and enhance that rebuild, I'm making that trade in a hurry. Because wow. if I don't, if I don't, here's the problem. Sam Darnold is now going into year four. He does not have the pieces around him to be successful. And he's up for an extension before that fifth year option kicks in. Do I want to pay him a massive extension or would I rather pay Trevor Lawrence, who's a generational talent, and have him in year one of a rookie contract? I think I would rather go that route. Makes total sense. I think I think that's almost like a consensus right now, but I see why it was hard for him to answer. Thank you well, so I, much, Jim. No, <laughs> so what well, you say? I think, no, I think with Thomas, what it was is, you know, personnel people are generally reluctant to talk about someone else's business. Oh, yeah. And, and obviously, as he said, he would like to get back um, in the seat someplace else sooner than later. And so obviously he's not he's not going to comment on what another team should do. For sure. It makes sense. Thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate it. Uh, your time. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, Jim, I really did enjoy the interview you did with uh, Thomas Dimitrioff. He's actually one of my favorite general managers, and I and I think he's, he is going to get another shot here in the league soon. But before we let you go, I do have one last question. So this is a team you cover, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. A lot of, lot of ups and downs with this team this year, right? Uh, we know one thing, though. It does look like they have the franchise quarterback of the future. But what do you think is a the problem there with the Chargers? Uh, they're they're always in games and they have leads, but somehow, some way, they always slip away. You know what, guys? I I don't have that answer for you because you're right. I started covering the Chargers in 1996, I believe it was, and was the primary beat writer up until or through the 2004 season. And the only thing I can tell you is that I've seen them lose games in ways that. <laughs> I could never even imagine, you know, or make up for a movie. So I don't have the answer for you. Um, you know, I know that this year they've had a lot of injuries, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, when you lose guys like Derwin James, he's your playmaker. Melvin Ingram's in and out of the lineup. You know, Joey Bosa's been banged up. Um, that's tough on a unit. And offensively, you know, um, their offensive line, again, has had issues with injuries. So, But I hate to use injuries as an excuse because every club has injuries. And the other thing is when you're up 24 to 3, as they were last week against Denver, that's not a game you're supposed to lose. So I don't know what I wish I because I really like Anthony Lynn. I would love for him to succeed, but I don't have that answer. And as you guys know, the NFL stands, as Jerry Glanville once said, not for long. And if you keep losing games like that, um, a change will be made. All right, Jim. Well, hey, we appreciate your time. And everyone, make sure you guys go and subscribe to the Huddle and Flow podcast with, with Jim Trotter and Steve Weish. Again, thank you so much for your time, sir. All right, fellas, you guys be well.
All right. Week nine and the NFL is upon us. Let's go and pick the games. So obviously, first game of the week was last night. Uh, Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. I take the Green Bay Packers. Jerry Kendall, who'd you guys take? I'd take Green Bay. Yeah, I I <laughs> with all those with all those injuries, I played it safe. I said, let's go, Packers. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, don't tell me you bet on Nick Mullins to win the game. I thought it was gonna be closer than what it was, but <laughs> all right. Uh Denver at Atlanta. Oh my gosh. I was on a podcast earlier this week and it took me if you go back and look, I it literally took me five minutes to pick this game. God almighty. I'm gonna go with Atlanta. I don't feel good about it. Look, I I don't feel good. I don't feel good about this game either. But I will say this: Drew Locke, as much as as much as his mechanics is not what you would love in a quarterback. Damn, man, he puts you in a position to win because of his grittiness and his. I don't know. People want to call it cocky. Some people want to call it flair. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Broncos on this one, man. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Um, the, the thing about this week, they're not playing against, uh, you know, a Chargers team that gives up a fun, you know, they go up big and then they lose the lead at the end. They're not playing that team. Well, they are playing the Atlanta Falcons, though, so they're kind of known for the same deal, right? Uh, but the, the Falcons have had some extra time off, too. Yeah, and they, well, I feel like they're just playing, they're playing a lot better football now under Raheem Morris, so I like the Falcons at home. Seattle at Buffalo. Ooh. I'm going Buffalo. Kendall, okay, so that's where I let you go first, right? But you know what? I'm not going to. Uh, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. I'm going to go Seahawks. A couple weeks back, uh, I said that the Buffalo Bills were pretenders. I still think they are. Last week, they should have lost to New England if it wasn't for Cam fumbling the ball at the end. Um, give me Seattle Seahawks. Chicago at Tennessee. This is a very interesting game. A sneak, a sneaky good game. Um, I was, I was telling a buddy of mine earlier about this one. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I think they're gonna rebound. <laughs> like, we we just had a great week of football. Uh, you know, week eight was, I mean, the lineup was crazy. It was intense. But I mean, right off the, right out of the gate, right now, I mean, damn, is Tennessee for real? Or you know what I mean? Or, or do they shoot themselves in the foot? But with that being said, you know, when, let's not get into all the logistics. The Chicago Bears are bringing a bat. I mean, uh, I mean, they're bringing defense. Yeah. Titans don't have a defense. Well, they did trade for, um, who was it that they traded for last week? Oh, the cornerback, uh, uh, Desmond King. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and they, they they cut Vic Beasley, but he wasn't doing much. Anyway. Yeah, they did. So, but I, I I will say this: Look, I like Mike Vrabel. Give me the Titans. I have I have zero faith in the Chicago Bears. Zero, <laughs> negative zero. Give me the Tennessee Titans. They're just a mess at the quarterback position. I'm sorry. Yeah. When when you guys were saying they should start Mitchell Trubisky, and I'm looking at the game, I'm like. Just a quick side note on that, though. Mitch uh, Trubisky did go see a doctor in L.A. for his shoulder injury. Doesn't require surgery, but it looks like he still has a hurt shoulder. But moving on. 
this one is sneaky good game. Baltimore at Indianapolis. I don't think it's a sneaky good game. I think it's a good game. I'm um, <laughs> it's funny because I bet a, a buddy of mine, he lives in um, he's from Baltimore, Maryland. He used to stay up there. He's a big Ravens fan. And we bet today. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Colts. Shout out to uh Alia Hassan, a part of the East West Football Network. Give me the Colts. I don't know who to take, honestly. <laughs> All Phillip Rivers or Lamar Jackson. Man, I just I can't see Baltimore losing again this week. I really can't. Now they're hardball and Lamar. So uh, give me the Ravens. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Hey, real quick, um, a little a little small nugget in the game. The Ravens have won nine straight road games. Nice. Okay. Uh, Carolina at Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, as much as I like what the Carolina Panthers are doing, I think yes, they've lost. They've, they've lost. Uh, what is it? Two in a row. So, uh, yeah, but still. Uh, as much as what I like, what the future looks for for Carolina, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Chiefs are gonna win this one. Yeah, I'll take Chiefs. Uh, Detroit and Minnesota. Uh, Matt Stafford is um, he is gonna play on Sunday though, but he's not. He wasn't at practice this whole week, so just keep that in mind. This game here is tricky too. I mean, you don't know what to expect from neither teams. But yeah. it's a flip a coin game. But if I had to flip a coin, I'm gonna hope it land on Detroit because that's what I'm gonna go with. Me too. I'm gonna go with the Lions. I'm a lion. That's my alma mater, Lafarrie Lions. They're playing some pretty good ball. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna go with Minnesota. They got the ball rolling last week with Dalvin Cook in that running game, and I think that's going to continue this week. Wow. And he went off, too. Dalvin Cook went off. Four TDs? Yep. New York Giants at the Washington, formerly known as Redskins, now Washington football team. I'm going to pick the Washington team, but something tells me the Giants going. I'm going to pick the Washington team, but I don't feel good about it. Look, I'll say this. If, if we would have had this conversation a week ago, I would have been confident with the Giants. But I think that the, actually, I actually think the Red, I'm sorry, the Washington team is the actual leader of the pack in the NFC East. Give me the Washington team. Are we going to get Danny Dimes or Danny Pennies? I Rob Parker called them. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, depending on which one we get is, you know, who I'm going to lean for. But I think we're going to get Danny Pennies again. And I'm going to go Washington football team. I've seen an interesting stat. I was watching one of my uh, watching first thing first earlier this week. One of my one of my favorite one shows. They said out of twenty career games that um, Daniel Jones has played, he's turned the ball over in nineteen of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Crazy. Houston at Jacksonville. Houston. Wow. I mean. I think that the Texans should have a little fire under their belt, right? Because, I mean, they gave up their first-round draft pick to the Dolphins. And the way things are going, I think they're like going to pick in the top five. So if that's that motivation to want to win the game, I don't know. Then the Texans are completely lost. But go ahead and give me the Texans. I think that that's enough motivation to say, hey, you're not going to – you're not going to – you're not going to reek – you know, reap from a top five pick for me. 
I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I can't see them losing to Jacksonville. I really Jake, can't. Jake Luton? Yeah, we'll see. Las Vegas at the LA Chargers. I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Chargers. Man, look, I'll tell you this. I counted out the Raiders against the Browns. Yes, you did. And the Raiders are starting to grow on me. Um aside aside from the whole Trent Brown fiasco, they've been they've actually been able to actually put together great wins, great wins. Uh great wins uh week in, week out with or without Trent Brown. Uh so I'm not going to count out the Raiders, but give me the Raiders. Uh, Colton Miller's uh, game time decision and uh, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abram were both sick earlier in the week. Uh, they are they are on track to play on Sunday. For the Raiders, it's really this simple to me. Do you want to make the playoffs or don't you want to make the playoffs? So they have a really great opportunity that that's lies in front of them. You know, this Sunday against the Chargers. Chargers, look, they have their short quarterback of the future in Justin Herbert. But they have a lot of injuries, and that team is a little bit in, in a mess. We saw last week what happened in Denver. Give me the Raiders. Regardless, regardless I'm just going to add real quick. Regardless, this is going to be a hell of a game. Yes, uh, I think it's going to be a good old, uh, good old fashioned AFC West uh, shootout. Pittsburgh at Dallas. <laughs> I'm sorry if I laughed a little bit. It's I mean, not good. It's it's good. Good. I'm going with the Steelers. I mean, the Cowboys don't even know who's going to be behind center quarterback yet. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm gonna go with the Steelers though. But the Cowboys, um, last week against the Eagles, the defense showed some promise. There was a Demarcus Lawrence sighting. There was a Jalen Smith sighting. And Chevron, I mean, for all the bad things to say about the Cowboys defense, Chevron Diggs, he's gonna be a stud in this league. So, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Even saying all that, <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, uh, go Cowboys, okay? But no, uh, give, this week the Steelers win. Steelers, Steelers win big. Oh, man, it might get ugly. I'm just saying. <laughs> it happens as the Cowboys. Now, this is one of the most interesting games of this week. Miami or Arizona? Yeah, I'm going to go with Arizona and a close one. Look. <laughs> Look, okay, I play fantasy football. Okay, so for those who don't know. And, and almost every single football who doesn't nowadays right that's true okay almost every single fantasy team i have right because we have two here and then i i got three money leagues yeah i have i have kyler murray on my team as my starting quarterback so give me the cardinals even though that dolphins defense is playing lights out right now so without byron jones too right um you know Earlier in the week, uh, Kyler Murray was asked, "How do you feel about having the number one offense in the NFL?" He was he was surprised. He didn't even know that his team had the you know the number one offense in the NFL. I just Great. thought I would throw it out there. It was really hilarious. If you guys haven't seen the video, go check that out. Um, look, Miami. We don't know what two is yet. I mean, obviously, last week he, we saw his first start. He didn't really have to do much for them to beat the, the Rams. I mean, they got it from the special teams, from the defense, right? Um, Arizona is trying now to kind of keep pace, right? To kind of hopefully they can win the division um, between them and Seattle. I think the Rams are out of it too now. Um, but I don't know why. I'm going to go with Miami. 
I like what Miami did last week and the week before that. So, real quick, I, I just thought it was kind of interesting, right? Because they were saying that Miami kind of felt compelled to start Tua because of the pick that they have from the Houston Texans. I just think it's an interesting storyline. I don't know where it started or where it originated. I know that it was, it was, I believe it came from Adam Schefter that Miami saw that they could potentially have a top two pick in the 2021 NFL draft that they decided to uh, start Tua Tunga Bailoa to see how he does and to see if he's the future for the Miami Dolphins. Because if not, if they end up with number one pick, they would not hesitate to draft Trevor Lawrence if they see Tua struggling. So just an interesting storyline. We've seen this happen a couple years ago with the Cardinals when they took Josh Rosen. So, I mean. Well said. Well said. Both of y'all. We've seen seen it happen before. And, I mean, it it can't happen. It it can't. And and that's the the only thing I wanted to bring to light, right? Right? Because this is an interesting storyline. And I want to see. I want to see Tua succeed. I'm a big Tua Tungo Valoa fan. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, I mean, I just feel bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was playing lights out football. Man, yeah. You're right. Uh, you, you know, they sacrifice Fitzy to see what Tua has. So Yeah, but uh, throw, throw Fitzy back in there. He'll give you two or three wins. Yes, he would. All right, moving along. Sunday Night Football, my game of the week. New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Tampa. And no, I didn't say Tampa. I'm going to go with Tampa. <laughs> How hard was that for you to say? It's not hard because I am. It's an end game for the Buccaneers. Um, they're starting to hit their stride. Tom Brady is he's on a mission. And last but not least, Antonio Brown is making his books debut. So, I mean, and Drew Brees, oh, this is something interesting. We didn't talk about this in the opening. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. He's been limited in practice for, for a couple of days this week. Michael Thomas is back for the Saints. Emmanuel Sanders should be back. We already know what um, Alvin Kamara represents. But Buccaneers, it's, it's, a, it's a statement game for Tampa Bay. And if they win this game, I think they're going to, I'm telling you, man, this this Bucks team, I mean, oh, oh, God. I just, I want to see where they line up Antonio Brown at. But it's, I think this game might get ugly also. <laughs> give me give me Tampa Bay. But real quick, let me just add a couple things in there. AB coming back, right? But Kendall was the first one who told Fidel and myself that Michael Thomas is AB 2.0. And you know what? I stand by. I'm starting to think he had he kind of he kind of has me thinking. You know what? Maybe we do have a prima donna on here, but Michael Thomas is apparently going to make his first start since week one. Apparently, so we'll apparently see. we'll see. I mean, it could be a game time decision, but I don't care. Give me the Buccaneers here, top of me. Well, look, it's Friday night. We still have Saturday. Maybe, you know, maybe he punches another teammate or punches. <laughs> things can happen, right? Hey, but hold on real quick. Interesting storyline. Who got punched last week? Or, I'm sorry. Who got punched when the Saints played the Bears? Chauncey going to Johnson to safety. Who's the one that Michael Thomas punched? Chauncey going to Johnson. Hmm. There's a trend there. But anyways, getting back to this. Who do you got, Fidel? Well, look. And the words of uh, know that Memorial Drive, it's going to be some barbecue chicken Sunday night. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shaking it. <laughs> Monday Night Football. Oh, man. I, I really wish they can flex these games out, man. 
because this game does not deserve to be on Mother Night. <laughs> Patriots at the New York Jets. Man, I wish I, you got y'all know those paper bags that some things put on their head. Well, yeah. these have them on. Have one. I, I wish I could put a paper bag on my head right now, but the, it's the Patriots. This is not the same Patriots Jets rivalry from years past. This is still like you, we can make an argument that Patriots are just as bad as the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're just as bad as the Jets. I mean, from a talent perspective, I mean, who roster would you take? The Jets roster, the Patriots roster. But I mean, well, probably the Patriots roster. But I mean, it's they're saying a lot right now. I'm going with the Patriots, and I don't. Oh my God, it's tough to be a Patriots fan right now. Look, I'm going 23, 13 Patriots. Look, as much as much as when I looked at the calendar and I was looking at okay, who could have potentially the number one pick? Obviously, the Jets, right? Yeah. But when you looked at the paper, like, who could they beat? And you're looking at it, I was like, wow, they can possibly beat the Patriots. So, in a nutshell, I mean, I think that the Jets understand if they want to keep their job, especially, you know, coaching staffs and whatnot. I mean, look, Greg Williams not going to be there next year. I, I doubt Adam Gates will be there. Uh, but I'll tell you this. The morale for the for the Jets fans and the that city is at an all-time low. So I think that this should be an easy win for the Patriots. But Patriots, nothing has looked easy for them this year. I think the Jets get their first win Monday night. Whoa! <laughs> That's right. Say goodbye to Trevor Lowers, New York Jet fans. Well, no, they still have plenty of... Teams have plenty of ground to make up still from the Jets, so... Um, look, uh, Sam Darnold's playing right. Um, I have more confidence in Sam Darnold right now than I have Cam Newton, right? Uh, Crowder, wide receiver. I mean, who the hell is Cam throwing the ball to? Nikhil Harry's out, right? Edelman's out. Uh, Nikhil Harry's not officially out yet, but probably in in, in New England, if you don't play. play. Even if he's in or out, it doesn't even matter because it doesn't even show up on the games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking the Jets. Wow, that's a hey, that, that's a bold prediction right yeah. there. You should have saved that for Sunday. We'll make it the picks before Sunday, obviously. Yes, and that's going to go and wrap up our Week Nine NFL picks. All right, let's throw some challenge flags out there, guys. Let's uh, let's challenge some coaches, some teams, some players. Let's go and do it. Uh, Jerry, who, who are you throwing your challenge flag to this week? This week or this season? This week, this season. Up to you. Man, I'm going to go up to the season. I'm going to go ahead and throw my red challenge flag to the Dallas Cowboys head coach, Mike McCarthy. Look, you sat in your barn for a whole season, apparently studying the entire NFL. And then when you get hired by the Dallas Cowboys, you say you didn't study everything about the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, yeah, man, I think I think that uh, I think leading up to the point, I think every NFL team would die for all the offensive weapons. I mean, aside from. Uh, or what happened horrifically with Dak 
still without Dak, I mean, everybody would love to have Zeke. Would love to have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. And you still cannot find ways to scheme up your team to win a game. So I am throwing my challenge flag to Mike McCarthy. Are you a true leader? Are you a true head win a Super Bowl winning head coach? Or was that Aaron Rodgers? What about you, Kendall? I got two. I'm going to challenge the Chargers. Can y'all finally finish a game and play four quarters? Like, like seriously, I mean, I mean it's a divisional opponent this week, so you got a good opportunity. You know this team very well. So can y'all, Anthony Lynn, come on, and can you rally up the crew to finish a game, please, for, for Justin Herbert? Like, he's playing lights out. But um, can, can we can, can give Justin Herbert some help and finish a game? And then my a second team I want to challenge I want to challenge is the Tennessee Titans. Will the real Titans finally stand up? Like I mean, come on, you can't play, you can't go to overtime, can't almost go to overtime with the Steelers one week, and then you beat the Buffalo Bills on you beat up on the Buffalo Bills and you play good and Derrick Henry running crazy and then you don't even show up to, show up against Cincinnati. I mean, would the real Titans show up? Is what I want to know. All right, I'm throwing my challenge flag out to the Buffalo Bills. Are you a great team or a bad team? Are you a pretender or are you a contender? You start off the season red hot, um, then you got brought you got brought back to earth. You played against Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, future NFL MVP of the season. Can you guys win this game? Can you guys win? Can you guys beat an actual good team and a great quarterback? So. That's one from my challenge bike to this week. And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West football podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.